0: church. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Happy Sunday and happy new year. Goodness, I am so happy to be back in God's house. I don't know. how you handled the last week of being away i know like i enjoyed the time with my family and tuning in online especially after such a busy season um with church and ministry my husband's also in the ministry um so i enjoyed last week but i don't like being out of church i'm so happy to be back in church back with my church family So happy New Year, church. Um, I don't know if you're super excited to see 2021 go away. You're excited for this new year. 2021, this last year, was a pretty big year for us at, at at Life Church Buffalo, we experienced a lot of things. Um, we this past year we had our grand opening, so this brand new auditorium happened this last year. That's amazing, um, but more importantly, these next two numbers. This last year we saw 170 people say yes to Jesus Christ. Yes, 170 people. And 43 people took their next steps in water baptism last year, going public with their faith, telling the world that Jesus is it for them. That is simply incredible. And then this last month, many of you guys volunteered at the Christmas outreach, the Christmas Wonderland outreach that we had. Um, we were able to provide Christmas for close to 160 families because of your generosity. And then, one more number is that we had a Christmas offering going on where all, every dollar that comes in goes right back out into the community, into different organizations around the world that bring the hope of Jesus Christ and meet the practical needs of people. And in that one offering, you guys generously gave $18,000. So, whoo, that, that is amazing. That's amazing. So it was a pretty big year, some great things, but like many of you, we also as a church experienced some really difficult times, some really scary times. Um, In May, our lead pastor, um, my big brother, went into surgery for what was a common like a routine surgery and experienced complication after complication and was in the hospital for 21 days out of the pulpit for months and it was a really scary time for for us as our church what was pastor Pete going to come back and be like what was what was in store for our church but you know what god was not done with pastor Pete god is not done with life church buffalo We still have a community to reach and we are about helping people know and follow Jesus step by step. And that's just what we're gonna do in 2022. We're sharing the gospel, making Jesus known, getting into God's word and just believing that the power of Jesus Christ really does and still has the power to change and save lives. He really does. So um, when I was asked to preach, and my daughter, my eldest daughter, she just turned 15 this last week, she found out I was preaching, and she gave me some messages, some topics to preach on. She was like, here, Mom, I got your back. Um, These are the things that you should preach to our church. This This is it. I thought I'd share some of them with you, okay? This is from McKenna. She wanted me to preach on some overlooked stories of the Bible. Like, really get in there. Don't preach the ones that we hear a lot. So I don't, know if, I don't know if that's a diss to you, Pastor Pete. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, Cain and Abel, um, the creation story. And this is what she said, because you know, it's the beginning and it's the beginning of a new year. So that would go. Um, she said, Lot in the incest story. Okay, Nehemiah, Jesus washing the disciples' feet when Paul needed a coat in 2 Timothy, when Paul was chilly and he actually wrote about it. And it's in the Bible that he was chilly and he needed a coat because sometimes we need to learn how to ask for help in certain situations. That was good. Um, she said, nothing encouraging. Nothing encouraging. A hard, convicting message, end quote, is what my daughter said. <laughs> and people who think they're good enough. People who think they're good enough. That's, that's the last one. That's my daughter. That's, that's McKenna for you. Um, So today I'm actually going to be preaching on the seven churches of revelation on this first Sunday. Now I hope you have seven hours to give me today. That's what I'm going to need for today. So I don't have seven hours. I don't have seven weeks. This is a really long um, topic. I could talk about it for weeks at a time. So um, with what the Lord had put on my heart to share on this first Sunday with our church, um, this first message of 2022, I'm just going to be focusing on the letter to the first church in chapter two of Revelation. So if you do have your Bible and you want to go ahead and get there so that you're ready for it, um, I'll be focusing just on the first church out of these seven churches, and today my message is a little bit different than how I normally preach. I have a lot of of, um, teaching, some context, and some background that I want to lay the groundwork for you, and I'm actually then just going to leave you with some homework that I would love for you on your own time to read Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3. Um, because I can't get into all of it with you. So I want to give you some context, lay some groundwork, and then you guys on your own jump into God's word this week, okay? Um, So before I get started, I would love for you to say this with me. Holy Spirit, open up my ears to hear what you have to say. Amen. Um, The fact that you are here right now in this moment means that the Holy Spirit has something for you. Every single one of you, whether you've been away from church for 20 something years and you're like, you know what? This first Sunday, I'm coming back. I don't know where you're at. Or you've been following Jesus for 35 years, or your mom dragged you to church today and you're just politely sitting here because you're still here for a holiday break or something. You are here and the Holy Spirit has something for you, okay? Today's message is titled, Return to Your First Love. Return to your first love, and I will be in Revelation chapter 1 and 2. Um, I don't know what your relationship is with the book of Revelation. I know that that can get some really heated debate, some t- conversation going. Even after last service, I just had someone come up to me to talk quite intensely about the book of Revelation. Um, no joke. I don't know if my mom knows this about me or not. She found out this last service. But my family, my mom has always loved the book of Revelation. She loves talking about end times. I grew up in a Christian home. And with that exposure to it, I was the kid who, you know, um, when you randomly get like a whistle or a high pitched noise in your ear, it's like, eh. Hey. It sounds like a dog whistle or something. I think it's called tinnitus or tinnitus or something like that, and would just come and go. I was the kid who, when it happened, I would first freeze and be like, is that the trumpets? Is it time? Like, is it? Is it happening? Like, do I do a little jump to get like a, a, a takeoff? Like, it's happening. Is, is, that, is it happening? Um, or I was a kid who, if I came in the house from playing outside and I immediately couldn't find everybody in the house, like if everyone was gone, I was like, did I miss it? Were they taken? <laughs> was I left behind? Uh, Um, That that was me as a little kid, but all joking aside, yes, my mom talked about um, end times things and and the book of Revelations, but it did, it planted in me a way of living with the end in mind that um, to always be ready that eternity was just a moment away that you never know. And church, I am anxiously anticipating the day that I get to see Jesus face to face. I can't wait. I am ready I am not afraid if it happens today on my way home from church, or if it happens in 45 years when I'm old, or Jesus comes back in 300 years, I'm good with it, and I am ready. But in the meantime, I'm going to do my very best to bring as many people as I can with me. Get to work, get to work, because Jesus is coming back. Okay. All right, so I have some background. Get your notes out. Get your little—if you have a little notebook or you want to take some notes—that would this would be the time to do it. I'm, I have some groundwork I want to set up. Okay, so the book of Revelation was written by the apostle John, the disciple John, and Revelation is also a letter. Like much of the New Testament, we read um, the book to in Galatians is to the church of Galatia, Colossians, the church in Colossians. So, um, Revela- I need to catch my breath goodness. The book of Revelation is also a letter as well, okay? And in this letter, there are also little mini letters to seven different churches that are around. It would be like if I wrote one letter, but I addressed it to Pastor Pete, Pastor Lauren, Pastor Joe, and the other staff, but in the letter then, I had a couple spots where I said, and to Pastor Pete, and to Pastor Lauren, and to Pastor Joe. So it's one letter with lots of little, there's little letters in it. And it was written written to seven churches that are in Asia Minor, and it's modern-day Turkey now, okay? Um, So that's where we're at. And John, he lived to about 100 years old. Most people lived only till about 50 years old at the time. Um, He's about 100 years old, and he writes this um, in 95 AD, okay? I want to do some context of the timeline of where we're at, um, he's on the island of Patmos when he writes it. And this is about 60 to 65 years after Jesus was resurrected, okay? Jesus rose from the dead, people estimate, around 30 AD and 35 AD. So five years goes by when Jesus appears to Paul on the road to Damascus, Okay? That's 35 AD. Then in 95 AD is when he appears. What scholars and historians would say most likely is when he wrote, um, he wrote Revelation. It's 95 AD. Think about that. That's 60 to 65 years have gone by. Some of you guys are in your 60s and have lived a full, a full life. okay. So here we are and Jesus himself appears to John on the island of Patmos and he shares this vision and he tells John to write down everything that he sees and he hears and to send it to the seven churches to send this letter out, okay? Um, And John is there on this island, why is he there? You see, all of the other disciples were martyred for their faith, except Judas and John. Judas had committed suicide after he um, betrayed Jesus. John lived to about 100 years old. The rest of the disciples were martyred for their faith, crucified, crucified upside down, stoned to death, speared for their faith. Goodness, they—I mean, today we're stressed out if um, one of our Facebook posts are taken down, and we feel the persecution of that. But these these men died for their faith, and um, but but they tried to martyr John. They t- tried to martyr John. Historian tells us there's a historian named Tertullian. Um, And documented, so this isn't in the Bible, this is just documented history of John, that the emperor at the time was so sick and tired of hearing him preach and he wanted him to shut up. He put him in a a cauldron of boiling oil. He boiled him. And it says, it's documented, that he suffered no harm and he continued to preach. He suffered no harm and continued to preach. The emperor had pulled him out of this boiling pot of oil and exiled him to the island of Patnus because he didn't want to hear him preach anymore. When I had first heard that story years ago, um, I first thought like, well, why didn't he just chop his head off or something? Like they clearly knew how to murder people. They made a sport of it at the time. Um, But maybe then I thought of it. I mean, if you saw someone boiling in a pot of oil and they continued to preach, I don't know, maybe he pulled him out and was like, I'm not gonna mess with that. <laughs> Just, I'm gonna send him away. And he, and he sent him away to the islands of Patmos. So we're at about 95 AD and history also shares that he um, wrote probably the the gospel of John, probably around 90, 85 to 90 AD. He wrote the gospel of John and first, second and third John. And the reason why I kind of wanted to share that with you guys, it gives some context. I love to find out who these people are, how they lived their life. When you read scripture, it helps it bring, come to life. So I hope some of this really helps you as you jump into God's word even on your own, um, but he wrote his gospel after Matthew, Mark, and Luke, okay? Those three books of the Bible, they're called synoptic gospels. They're all very similar. Um, they're all very similar. Mark wrote his about 70 AD, Matthew and Luke at about 85 AD, um, and they cover the third year of Jesus's ministry, all of those. They do the birth, but then they jump into Jesus's third year of ministry. And we know that because all of those gospels share the common line after John was imprisoned. They're meaning John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was imprisoned going into the third year of Jesus's ministry. He says it in Matthew chapter 4 after John was imprisoned. Mark chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3 after John was imprisoned. And John was like, yo, There are some nuggets of truth and some stories we got to write down and save and pass it on to people. And so he wrote the Gospel of John. And it's why when you're reading that there are miracles and stories that are listed in the book of John that aren't in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It doesn't mean that they don't match up. They complete the story, the picture of our amazing Jesus Christ. And he wrote it down. He was like, we've got to pass this down. And it's why the Gospel of John, it's one of my favorite books. If you're new to reading God's word, you, you want to jump into the Gospel of John. We see um, John chapter 1 in the beginning, similar to the creation in Genesis, in the beginning. John chapter 2 um, um, Jesus' first miracle when he turns water into wine. Chapter three, the story of Nicodemus. Four, the woman at the well. Five, the healing of the blind man at the pool of Bethesda. Chapter six, that he talks about that he is the true bread from heaven, the bread of life. Chapter seven, that he is the Messiah and the equal authority with the father. Chapter eight, the woman who's caught in adultery. Chapter nine, the healing of the blind man. Chapter 10, that he is the good shepherd. Chapter 11, my favorite chapter in the Bible when he raises G- Lazarus from the dead. Chapter 12, the anointing and the preparing of his body for, bu- for burial. Chapter 14. Um, chapter 13 is the washing of the disciples' feet. And then it goes on to the conversation in the Last Supper. And then the journey to the garden. The prayer in the garden then his arresting, crucifixion. And then he's risen from the dead and he appears to his disciples. This is John who wants to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and he wrote it down. And now we have John in Revelation on the island of Patmos, and Jesus Christ himself appears to John. And he says this in chapter 1, verse 11. Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Okay, I actually have a map because I wanted you to see um, God's plan for dispersing it. There was a plan even on it when he wrote it down. You see, this is where, this is modern day Turkey. That's where um, John was at the island of Patmos. And if you start at Ephesus and go in a clockwise um, route, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, there's a satellite location in Pennsylvania. Um, that was funny. Um, Laodicea. It was a popular trade route, okay? So as he's writing it down and has this message for the church, I can picture John, who also knows that this is gonna become scripture. This is gonna be in the Bible that's gonna be dispersed around. But he writes it down and then he sends it to the first church at Ephesus. I'm picturing the pastor receiving it, like Jesus appeared to John and he wrote it down and he's got something to tell us. And he gathers his church around and he, he wants to hear. I'd wanna hear what he has to say to the churches, right? Do you wanna hear what he says to the churches? And then maybe they wrote it down to keep a copy for themselves and then they pass the original on to the next church and to the next church and to the next church and to the next church. And ultimately it would be dispersed to the rest of the churches. And there we are, okay? And these address, he addresses them in chapters two and three and you'll walk through it and you'll see that there is a commendation like a, a pray this is what you're doing right a correction this is what needs to change now and then counsel Don't worry, I got you, this is how we do it. This is how we fix it. Now, and in these passages, there's lots of, there's theologians who view these letters differently throughout time. Is it to those churches and only those churches? Is it only to the end time church? Um, There are a group of theologians that believe that each letter represents a part of the, like a generation of the church. That the first letter was for the first two or 300 years. The second letter was for the next few hundred years of the church and if you follow that timeline and to look at church history the last letter lines up with the final church the church at Laodicea it's the end time church and people would say that's what we're in right now there are some theologians that believe that um, I just wanted to share that because I take it very seriously when I come up on the stage and we get into God's word and I'm the one delivering the message that I wanted to be clear that there is a little bit of some interpretation I want to I want to handle it with care, um, and share what I believe for myself, okay? I believe in a mixture of some of these things. I believe that these letters are to the churches, to those seven churches, okay? And I also believe that those letters are, were literally to those seven churches, and I believe that it's to the church of all time. Whether you are in the first um, century church, the 11th century, or the 21st century church, God has something for you, and he wants to speak to you through it, okay? The same way that when we jumped into Galatians, the, that letter was to the church in Galatia, but we most certainly have learned from and understood and grew from the wisdom that we found in God's word. The same way that we can jump into these letters and glean from it and and ha- learn from it and he can speak to us today. Um, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. He, he wanted it there. It's for everyone. The other reason why it's, I believe it's for everyone of all time is because in each of these little letters, in chapters two and three, they all end with this sentence. Revelation 2.7 says, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Plural. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And we also remember that Jesus said himself in Matthew eleven fifteen. 15, it says, Whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Raise your hand if you have ears. Good, me too. Sorry if you don't. Um, but <laughs> So we all have ears, and he wants to speak to us today. Again, I'd really encourage you to read Revelation 1, 2, and 3 for today. I'm just going to be covering... Um, chapter two and the first section of it the church to ephesus um but since i'm not covering the rest of the churches and if you are note takers and you're jumping you know you're going to read all of this for the, over the next couple days i just wanted to give you a quick cover of those churches okay so if you as you're matching it up in your studies the church at ephesus represents the church that abandoned its love for christ Smyrna is the church that remains faithful amidst persecution. Pergamum is the church that compromises its beliefs. Thyatira is the church that follows false prophets. Sardis is the church that is spiritually dead. Philadelphia, the church that patiently endured despite weakness. And Laodicea is the church that is lukewarm, okay? And we can see at different times even in our own hearts because it doesn't just mean a local body. You are the church. So at times, your heart can fall into one of these categories. There's a commendation, there's a correction, and a counsel. So it's really great to jump into these passages and see what the Holy Spirit would have to say to us. But I'm going to read um, Revelation chapter 2 and picking up at verse 2. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name. I know that some of you guys feel that. You have persevered and endured hardships for my name, yet you have not grown weary. There's there's the commendation. Now, correction. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love, the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Repent and do the things you do at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Then verse 7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Thank you, God, for your word. Let it do what it's supposed to do today in all of our hearts. Um, I want to read... Verse 4 again, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Church, on this first Sunday of 2022, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that way? I mean, if if you're a believer, at, at some point you have. You have felt that way. Unless if you got saved an hour ago, you have felt that way at some point. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. He earlier, I mean, then the next verse he says, consider how far you have fallen. Consider, take, evaluate your heart and the condition of where it's at. Just for a moment of honesty, maybe even after you go home and you head, in, head into this week, we're jumping into this new year, consider it. Is there a time in your life where you can remember where you just loved Jesus so much? Where you just loved him so much It's all you could do was talk about him. You just wanted another moment in his presence. It was easy to to just get into God's word that even when you didn't understand it, you were like, I don't really know what I'm reading, but I'm just gonna, I just need, I need to be in God's word. You wanted to talk to other people about him. You wanted to just go to coffee and be like, hey, you wanna go to Tim Hortons and just talk, I don't know, just talk about Jesus. You know, that feeling. I'm just gonna listen to that worship song on repeat over and over and just, just, It's just all you can talk about. You have that moment. Can you compare? Consider, consider it. The condition of your heart now compared to the moment of how much, like where you are now, and at those times where you were so in love with him. Um, you know, I don't I don't think that we intend for it to happen. We don't, we don't plan for it. We don't say, you know what, six months is a good amount of time for us to be passionate and in love with Jesus. You know, I'm going gonna, gonna to be going real hard, real fast. I'm going to be at church all the time. But, you know, six months, that's a bit too much for some people. So I'm going to mark it in my calendar that now my love is going to kind of start to fizzle out. We're going to plan. We don't, we don't plan for it, you know. Truthfully, um, this a couple weeks ago, I was in Pastor Pete's office in my one-on-one. Um, we get together and we talk about the ministry, how are things going, um, and he just checks in on me to see how my heart is, how I'm doing spiritually. Um, and I had shared with him, I had said, you know, it's, it's not that I'm doing bad. It's not that I'm doing bad. But if I relate it to, you know at times in your marriage, I've, I've been married for 20 years. We've had difficult times. We've had really great times. But you know when a season of busyness and you're just steady, you're, st- you're steady with it. You're not in a bad part of your marriage, but you're just, you're steady. You're committed. You're not like thinking of leaving. Like that's not on the table. You're in it. Like you're in it forever. This is what we do, this is who we are, this is my home, this is the life that I live. I'm not as compared to when I first fell in love with Joe, that I'm gonna speed in my car on the way home from work to make it home so I can have like two more minutes with him. You know, like when you're first in love, I'm not speeding home to get like I'm not leaving the office and speeding to get home to Joe right now. I love it in pieces, but you know, you know what I'm talking about, you know. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling Pastor Pete that I don't know if it's the busy season at the church, the new building, the remodels and kids' life, just everything that it was, that I found myself in a place, I'm steady and I'm consistent, but that love, like I love him, but I want to burn for him. Church, do you want to burn for him? Do you miss that? That feeling? When new life is first breathed into you and you become a new person, a new creation, and you can't help but just talk about Jesus. I want to burn for him. I want to burn for him. Maybe that's not where you are right now. Maybe you would say, I'm a, I'm a little off. Consider how far you have fallen. Verse five says, consider how far you have fallen. And he tells us what to do. He says, repent and do the things you did at first. Those are my two points for today as we jump into 2022. Repent and do the things you did at first. Um, every January, the last few years at um, at Life Church Buffalo, we jump into 21 days of fasting and prayer. We've done it the last few years. Actually, this coming one is going to be my one-year anniversary. Last year, I received healing during my fasting and praying. Yes, amen. Um, I had suffered from chronic headache and migraines my entire life, Um, and being in children's ministry with uh, chronic headaches and migraines is very difficult. And I received healing um, during our last fast. And so we're jumping into a time of fasting and praying as a church where we're simply choosing to say no to something over here so that we can say yes to more God, more time with Jesus to kind of realign things, to start this month off with prioritizing him, making him first, just, just getting with God and letting him do what only he can do. Some people may choose to fast com- whole days. Maybe they're going to fast a meal out of it. Maybe choosing to fast their lunch while they're at work. Okay, maybe it's that. It doesn't mean that you work through your fast. Like, oh, I'm I'm not eating right now. I'm going to, I'm fasting. No, you would still take your your lunch break, but you choose instead of Eating your lunch, but you're going to feast on the word of God. Or maybe heading into your car to spend some extra time in, in worship or prayer. Or maybe you might choose to fast social media, to just tune out all of the other noise for 21 days. And just instead of scroll social media, scroll through the pages of God's word. Um, And as we jump into repentance and doing the first thing, this fast is a great opportunity for you to just carve that time out and allow the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. This fast is going to start this Thursday, and I want to challenge everyone who comes to Life Church to participate in this. To some extent, if you've been following Jesus for two weeks or for 32 years, I want to encourage you to participate in this. It starts Thursday the 6th and goes to the 26th. And also, scattered throughout there is um, some days of prayer that we're going to have at the church. Um, I know that you can pray anywhere. You can pray in your shower. You can pray on the floor in your bedroom. You can pray pray when you're stirring a pot of spaghetti sauce in your kitchen. You can pray anywhere, but sometimes it's great to just gather with God's people in God's house and seek his face. And so we know that there are different times that work for different people, and I'd encourage you to find at least one of them that you could make it to. We're going to open up the church on Tuesday mornings from 6 to 7 a.m., so maybe before work would be a good time for you, or Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m., and we're wrapping it up our are fasting with a night of worship on the 26th. I can't wait for that. Everybody who's just been spending time with God, coming together, night of worship, we're going to worship our faces off, lifting up the name of Jesus. It's going to be amazing to just kind of start this year off right. Because you know what, church, I'm not as concerned about you crushing your goals and meeting your resolutions, but I am. What I do wanna challenge the people here who are a part of this church family, maybe it's your first time here, it's, it's the first time you're back in two or three years. I am concerned that we are a people here who are full of repentance and doing the first things. Doing the first things. He calls us to repent. Revelation 2.5, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first repentance, does it feel like a bad word to you? You're like, ugh. Some of you have a list in your head right now that you know all of the things that that you could, that you're supposed to repent for. Some of you may find yourself, maybe you've followed Jesus for a really long time and you're in that, just that steady, Almost a stuck spot. And when you think to yourself, like you know that you're supposed, I know I'm supposed to repent. But nothing's really coming to the surface. Like I could repent for being mean to my wife yesterday. Can I encourage you to get quiet and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal he wants this for us. He has forgiveness ready for us the moment we go to him. I love this verse in Acts 3.19. It says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I love that. Have you ever associated repentance with times of refreshing from the Lord? I don't know about you, but I could use some times of refreshing from the Lord, how about you? Yes, I could use some times of refreshing to sit in his presence and to ask for forgiveness. I don't know what it is for you I don't know the things that you put in front of your face and you let your eyes fall upon. I don't know if it's an offense that you have been holding on and bitterness and unforgiveness is eating away at you. You're bitter. I've met some mean Christians. Your pride, your vanity. Maybe the Jesus just isn't number one in your life right now and God called us to have no other idols before him. Maybe it's a living a life or a season of completely not trusting in him and you're like god I need to ask for forgiveness about me holding on to control of everything and not really giving you all of the parts of my life. What is it for you? What is it for you? That we would be a people who repent so that Times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I want to jump into this next year with repentance and times of refreshing from the Lord. I love that. He tells us to repent, and then he told us to do the first things do what you did at first. I don't know if you've ever been in counseling or in therapy um, for different things. Maybe you went for marriage. There's different times that I've been in counseling. I think everybody needs to go to counseling at some point in their life. And I can remember some of the advice that they've given. And it was, they would talk about, can you tell me a time when you first, when, when you were so in love, like when was it really good? And describing the time that it was really good in your marriage. And what were the things that you did? And they would give us this homework of being like, now go do those same things. Go do those same things. You don't wait till you're on fire to, to get that. You, you don't wait like, oh, now I'm burning on fire. Now I'm gonna do these, bur- these things. No, we're gonna do those things and we're going to fan the flame of our love for Christ. He wants it for us. He wrote a letter to a church calling them out on this he wants it not just from them he wants it for them Jesus appeared to John and was like yo write this down I want it for my people I want you to I want you to be so in love with me isn't it isn't your walk with Christ when you're on fire and in love with the Lord so much better during those times isn't it so much better It doesn't just come after you're on fire. He calls us, do the first things. That's how you get that love back. He called them out that their love had grown cold. I don't know what it is for you of when you first fell in love with Jesus. Maybe you have some different things, okay? But for me, I'm just gonna highlight real quickly three of the things that were it for me. It was worship, word, and witness. Worship, word, and witness, you know, we we have these things and it's like of course I, I know those things. But we all find ourselves at times life happens. We get busy, right? Maybe you got married this year and the time that you used to have alone is now there's somebody else living in the house and that happened. Maybe you had a child and the time that you used to carve out for the Lord is now filled with uh, midnight cry sessions and extra nursings. Or maybe you have your second or your third child now. And you're just, you're lucky if you can get a shower every three days. You know, you're like, I, uh, I didn't mean for it. Like, you don't have this plan in your heart to be like, God, I'm growing cold now. It's my plan. I'm just pulling back just a little bit. We don't plan for it. No. Maybe you're a teenager and you got your first job. The time that you had for the Lord after you got home from school is now rushing to Target to to get those hours in. You're saving up for that car, saving up for college. Maybe this last year was really hard and you had to pick up a second or a third job because finances are tough. And you find yourself, you're like, oh, my love for him isn't what it used to be like. Those first things, what was it like when I was first so in love? Worship, when I think about it, worship can also mean prayer time. I just wanted to sneak away for one minute. Can I just get another touch? You know, even in my car, you have that option of picking worship or the radio. I'm not saying that listening to the radio is a sin and you're not allowed to ever listen to the radio. I love listening to a good country music station. That's it for me. It feels like summertime all the time when you listen to country music. But you know, you always have that option to be like, I've got 10 minutes right now. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna worship him right now. I'm gonna get in my bedroom for just a little bit before it gets busy when I come home from work, whatever it may be, just some time. I believe that the Holy Spirit is calling all of us for a time that he wants us to be a people who we find the times, even if it's busy, even if it's stressful, even if it's crazy, those moments where we can say, can I just have two minutes with you? I mean, think about it, husbands and wives, even the times that you guys have been busy, but, and you're like going and passing when you have teenagers and you, like your kids are going to this soccer practice and this over here, and you're like, you just are gonna see your husband for like, bye, bye, you're doing all of that, you know? But how sweet is it when you're like in passing, but you wanna take a moment with your husband for like two minutes to be like, hey, can I just have you for two minutes? I love you, I miss you. Give him a kiss. It could be two minutes, but it's like better than like a date where no one's talking and people are scrolling on it. You're just, I just need that two minutes. Sometimes Jesus is like that with us too, that we have that heart that he understands our busy schedule. He knows that he gave you three children who won't stop crying and asking for snacks. He knows it, but that his people are like, I just want two minutes. I just want two minutes. I'm just going to go away with him. I want to worship him. I want to pray. I want to talk to him. Worship. I think when I first was so in love, I, I couldn't put the word down. Even when I didn't understand it, I wanted to be in God's word. It's a sign of new life, actually. A new baby cries constantly because they're hungry. When you're a new Christian, your spirit is crying out to be fed, and we feed on the word of God, okay? Okay. Um, The Bible has 1,189 chapters in it, let's say about 1,200 chapters. If you read 40 chapters in a day, you can read the Bible in a month. Maybe that's a bit much for you guys. Maybe I jumped in in the deep end, I should get in the shallow end, okay? (laughs) But maybe some of you, you could. Maybe you're retired and you're like, I'll take that challenge to read 40 chapters in a day, you could read the Bible in a month. If you read 10 chapters a day, you can read the Bible three times in a year. Okay, 10 chapters is about an hour for the average person. If you read three chapters a day, you can read the Bible in a year in a year. I have a personal goal, actually, that I want to I wanna find 100 people at our church who are committed to reading the Bible from cover to cover in one year. And at the end of 2022, I want to stand on the stage with everyone who committed. I read the Bible cover to cover. I want to take a picture, maybe at the end of like the last Christmas service, and be with our people who jumped into God's word and said, I carved out time no matter what it was, and I got into God's word this year, you know? Even if you've read it before, if you've read it 50 times, you know, if someone puts a plate of food in in front of you that you've eaten before, like this meal, I've eaten this before, you don't say, oh, I've eaten this before, I'm not gonna eat it. (laughs) I've had that before, I'm not gonna eat. Or maybe you would say, yeah, but I don't understand what I'm reading. Well, when I eat, I don't understand how it breaks down into vitamins and minerals and carbohydrates and all of those things and and brings strength to me. I don't understand the process of what's happening in my body the same way that I don't understand that. But when I read God's word and I feast on his word, it brings nourishment to my spirit and strength to my body so that I could live this life that he has called us to live, to be consumed with the word of God. But I've one quick announcement I wanted to share with us on on Bible reading. Maybe you say, "Okay, I know how to read, Pastor Beth, but I don't know how to read the Bible. Like I hear you guys talking about different things and under, like how do you how do you study it? I don't know what what's happening when I'm reading it." Our church is bringing back um, Bible study. We're going to be having Bible study on Tuesday nights at the church. And we are going, no bells or whistles, no special lights, nothing on the screen. We are just getting into God's word chapter by chapter. We're going to be starting with the book of John and doing John chapter 1. John chapter two, we're gonna have different teachers, some mature believers that are here who have the spiritual gift of teaching will be able to bring God's word to life and to teach you. So bring a, a notepad and a highlighter and a pen and getting into God's word together. I think, it's, I think it's fantastic, especially if you're a new believer to do this. And even if you can only make it to John chapter five and John chapter 15, that's fine too, just come. Just come. I'm so excited about that. So we're gonna get into God's word and then we're going to witness. The third thing for me, I was a witness. I I just talked about Jesus. You know when you're first in love, you talk about him all the time. You have a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend, but you've reached the point of being in love. You just, without even realizing it, the conversation goes to that. You just talk about him. You know, another thing that I love is food. Who loves food? I love food. When I first moved here um, three years ago, I found a new restaurant. It was called Juicy. It's called Juicy Burger in Hamburg. I'm a burger fan, and I love Juicy Burger. And let me tell you, I was a witness. I was a witness. I talked about it all the time. I went there every week on a date with my husband. I got a waitress. I knew my own waitress. They knew what I liked. I learned the menu. I would just find times. We would be talking about whatever, but all of a sudden I'll be like, yeah, so have you ever been a Juicy Burger? And then they would show some interest. I'd be like, we got to go. And I would be able to talk about the menu and this and that. And I was such a witness. I posted about it. I put it on my story. It ended up, they would reshare it. And I was such a witness. I was like busy trying to convert people to the love of Juicy Burger. You know, I still love Juicy Burger. I went there last week, but I don't talk about it as much as I used to. I don't talk about it as much as I I got comfortable with my relationship with Juicy Burger. I got comfortable. I still love it. I go there pretty regularly, but I don't talk about it like I used to. I'm not busy trying to convert people or share the goodness of this burger. Some of you guys are going to go there this week. But the reality is I was a witness for this place. I found something that I loved that it literally changed and impacted my life. When you think about the time that you first were so in love with Jesus, or maybe it wasn't when you were first, maybe it was a few years into it, you went to um, a conference, you went to something, someone mentored you side by side and you were just so in love with Jesus. When you're so in love, you can't help but talk about him. It, it just naturally comes out in conversation. I'm not talking about making a goal of being like, well, I'm gonna share the Romans road with seven people every, sing- every month or every day. And you're, you're the weird person who's walking up being like, so you're, you're a sinner and uh, you're, you're going to hell and Jesus came and he died and rose again. And now I'm gonna go talk to somebody else. That's not what I'm talking about. But the love of Jesus changes everything about you or it's supposed to. It changes how you look at a a creation and a sunset. It changes how you look at stress and fearful times when you're in conversations with coworkers and they're terrified about what these last few years look like, but we have a hope that we hold on to and Jesus changes everything for us. But we find ourselves comfortable and quiet. I'm comfortable with my relationship with Juicy Burger and we become quiet with our relationship with with Jesus Christ. We're quiet do the first things. I challenge you to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Be a witness in your schools, be a witness in your college campuses and at work and in your home. Your, your, your spouse doesn't know and love Jesus. Be a witness at home. Be a witness at home. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Something's different when you first meet him. You even see someone who maybe kind of hints at kind of being a believer and you're like, you're a believer, wait, yeah, I know, I know him too. I know him, I know him. To be a witness, to be a witness. For me, it was worship the word and a witness. I just talked about him, not just with my Christian friends, but he just came up in conversation because he was the best part of, part of my life. He's the best of everything in me. So that's what we're gonna start off with. I wanna challenge you to join the fast. What is it for you? We're gonna realign some things and we're gonna start this year off with repentance Some of you already know what you're supposed to repent from to turn and to go the other direction and forgiveness is right there waiting for you. And then we're gonna do the first things. We're gonna worship, we're gonna get in the word, we're gonna witness. Maybe there's a couple other things for you. Think about the time when you first got saved. Maybe you were the person who just walked up to strangers and said, can I pray for you? Maybe you're supposed to be getting back to that. Maybe getting back to working in the community or serving somewhere. What is it for you? simply, I'm just going to ask everybody to close their eyes. I'm just going to get quiet for a moment. Bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to ask everyone in this room simply to ask this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? He allowed for you to be here today. He wants you here and he has something for you today. So Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What is it that you, what area am I turning in repentance? Do I gotta get back to the word? Is he drawing you? Come on, come back. Return to your first love. Consider the condition of your heart and return to your first love. It's not that he wants this from you. He wants it for you. He's not mad at you. He loves you and he wants this for you. And we give him this simple response that, Lord, I wanna return to my first love. I wanna return to my first love. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. God, we love you because you first loved us. God, we give you this time, we give you this month. And I ask that you do a work in the hearts of these people who are listening to these words right now. I pray that repentance runs through this church like wildfire and we are we excitedly run to you to get rid of the things that may separate us or hinder us or have any kind of block in our relationship with you. God, if we haven't felt conviction, God, I pray that we feel the conviction of our sin but the overwhelming love and grace and mercy and forgiveness that is right there with it. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit equips us and emboldens us to live this life of worship and being in your word and being a witness in the lives that we live outside of our Sundays in these four walls. And God, I pray for every person who is sitting here and says, I don't know if I've ever really been in love with Jesus. I've done the motions, but I've never been in love and I want that. Or maybe it's been 20 years and you think it's too long. No, today today could be the day. Today could be the day. God, we love you. Help us to love you more. Help us to live this life on fire in love with you. We give you this day, we give you this week and the rest of this year, God, We trust you when we place our lives in your hands. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Church, I love you. I love God's word. I'm excited to see what God is gonna do in your heart and in your family this next month during the fast. And don't forget to grab that invite for Hope in the Dark that starts next week. I love you so much, church. Bye-bye. too much to carry. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes the way where the ain't no way rises up.